Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, my friends, we're back for a solo episode again, which means I just get to talk directly to you this week. And uh, I'm excited about this topic. Um, you know, I've been coaching people for a long time, executives, chief audit executives, business owners, and you know, almost every challenge that people have, the root cause of it tends to be most of the time, not all the time, but almost all of the time happens to come back to the same root cause. And we're going to talk about that today as we get into our topic. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we have some things that we need to do. I got to do some shout outs to people uh, that regularly listen. Um, so the first one, um, Allison Reif Martin, uh, she actually wrote in and let me know. She said, I just started listening to your podcast and I love it in the I am a CPA nerd who loves talking about and thinking about risks. Well, Allison, <laughs> I'm a CPA nerd too. Of course, I've got a lot of other certifications besides that, uh, but I love talking about this stuff too. And so I am glad uh, that you are listening and thank you for reaching out. Um, another one that came in this week uh, says, many business related podcasts are very dry. Believe me, I understand that, right? But he goes on to say, I like how you include humor to make it interesting. Also the solo podcasts that uh, you sometimes use things like a book, the best of times, worst of times, just listen to that one to teach the topic. One of my favorite guests you have had on was Mike Jacka. The two of you together were very entertaining. So that's from John Hewitt. John, thank you. Uh, do try to make it a little bit light here if we can. Uh, try to have some fun because my goodness, I, I totally uh, hear you, brother. Uh, so <laughs> too many of the business uh, podcasts that are out there and too much of the business training in general is just dry and boring and blah. Okay, so you're not going to get that here on Jamming with Jason. So Allison and John, thank you for sending those in. Now for everybody else who's listening, again, I want to reach out to you. Reach out to me if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn already. <coughs> Send me a customized request because uh, honestly, I get random connection requests from people all over the world. I have no idea who the hell they are or why they would want to connect with me. Uh, so if you are a listener to the episodes uh, and if you're following me, make sure to include a personalized invite. So when you do, when you do the connect, make sure and do the add note to it as well um, so that I know who you are. The other thing is once you're connected or if you're already connected to me, uh, send me a little message 
uh, through LinkedIn and let me know what you are enjoying about the podcast and uh, you may be featured in a future episode. Now, uh, to go along with that, that's kind of the normal thing that I say, uh, but, I, but I've got an extra little incentive for all of you that are thinking, oh, should I send it in? Maybe, maybe not, oh, I don't know. Well, here's, here's what I'm gonna tell you folks. Um, I'm going to be doing some interesting things going forward. And one of those things that I'm considering is actually recording a live podcast, which means that some of you I'm going to invite uh, to be with me on the podcast uh, and probably go around the room, let each of you ask a question or do some things like that. Uh, so you can have an opportunity to actually participate and be a part of future episodes as well. Now, how I'm going to invite people, hey, guess what, folks? It's people that have connected with me and people who have sent me testimonials uh, about what they like about the podcast uh, so that I actually know that you're listening. So again, uh, go ahead and send those in because I'm going to be uh, looking at scheduling that here. Uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, so if you've already done that, uh, expect that you might get an email uh, or a LinkedIn message from me asking if you would like to participate. Okay, so that's enough of the housekeeping to begin with. Why don't we jump in and start talking about today's topic, which from the title, you know it's all about relationships. Now, I've been saying this for a little while. Um, in fact, I've had some videos going around social media, lots of people liking it, lots of people uh, you know, listening to it, uh, commenting positively on it. But of course, there's always those few people uh, that say, Jason, you just don't really get it. Okay, so I thought, well, let me just record a podcast episode. Let's talk about it in a little bit more depth than just a two or three minute video uh, can be, okay? Um, because as I told you when we started off, I've been coaching people for a long time, high-powered executives, business owners, chief audit executives, and almost invariably, all of the challenges that they are facing with have the same root cause. And that root cause is this. There is a problem with a relationship in their life. Now, that relationship problem could come from a problem with stakeholders. So example like, you know, a relationship issue with your audit committee or board uh, or other executives that are in the organization. Uh, it could come from a relationship issue with your staff. And so you're having issues maybe with some of your staff. It's a relationship issue is the root cause usually of whatever it is. And the third one that most people don't actually think about is their relationship to self. Now, I know that might sound a little funny, but let me, let me explain just briefly and then we're gonna dig into it more as we go through the podcast episode. I hear a lot of people that are complainers and uh, we usually refer to them as victims. People who believe or are blaming or denying or making excuses for why they can't do certain things. And so typically it will come up, and again, I've <laughs> heard this over and over again, and I'm not gonna re repeat all of it because it's just really frustrating when people get on the victim wagon of where they're blaming everybody else. 
the problem is not everybody else. It's usually you. Now, I know a lot of people, you don't want to hear that, um, but a lot of your own challenges are caused by your own doing because you are not managing yourself. And we're going to get into that a little bit more um, later. Okay. Um, but like as I said, you know, the root cause of all challenges is usually a relationship issue. Now, I don't want you having relationship issues. I want you to be a relationship ninja, okay? Because ninjas are cool. And so <laughs> I want you to become a relationship ninja. And I'm going to go through and kind of talk a little bit about that today uh, to be able to provide you with some practical advice so you can get started right away. Uh, because, you know, let's get these challenges and other things out of the way. Now, what we're going to talk about today relates both to your professional relationships and your professional career, but it also has a huge impact on your personal life as well. Now, um, you know, as I said, some, some people have actually kind of come back and said, oh, Jason, you're full of crap. You know, you don't really... You don't really, that, that's too simplistic. It can't all be about relationships, okay? So my friends, just like everything else, I'm not, I'm not gonna ask you to just trust me, okay? Don't just trust me on this. Let's actually talk about something that has been going on for a long time that is also saying the same thing. In fact, this has been some of the source of the inspiration uh, for me to kind of look at uh, how I'm helping people differently. And it actually is from a study that comes from Harvard University. Okay, and it's called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Okay, the Harvard Study of Adult Development. Now, this is a study that Harvard started in 1938. You get that? 1938. Now, my dad was born in 33, and I know he's 87, right? So that means they have been doing, they have been studying the same subjects since the sophomore class of 1938. So every year they meet with these people, they go through, they ask them some questions, they do other stuff like that, because they were trying to figure out, you know, how adults develop and really kind of study what is the key to a long life? What is the key to happiness and to health? And like I said, they started in 1938. And uh, there, there's some interesting resources. Again, you can go out and fact check me on this because I'm not feeding you any bullshit here. But if you want to go out and, and look up the Harvard Study of Adult Development, you can get some information there. Um, the other thing, there's actually the, the, the person who is kind of leading up uh, that part of Harvard right now, his name is Robert Waldinger, Robert Waldinger. And he actually did a TED talk on this a few years ago uh, that's actually had over 13 million views, okay? So you can actually go out, you can watch that TED talk. It's not very long. I think it's between 15 and 18 minutes, uh, which is what most... Um, TED Talks are. And actually, you can search the title of his TED Talk is What Makes a Good Life? Lessons from the Longest Study on Happiness. And again, his name is Robert Waldinger. 
Um, and so again, to get into this, let me, let me just read a little bit um, kind of from, from some things, some research that I've done about this, right? And uh, this, is, this is a quote from Robert Waldinger. He says, you know, we gathered together uh, everything we knew about them at age 50. It wasn't their middle age cholesterol level that predicted how they were going to grow old. It was how satisfied they were in their relationships. The people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest at age 80, okay? And again, like I said, it's, it's, they've, they've done a lot of research on this and the one thing that has the biggest impact on people's health and happiness long-term <coughs> is good relationships. In fact, the flip side of that, loneliness, being alone, being by yourself, actually has as big of a negative health impact as smoking or alcoholism does. Did you get that? So the opposite side, if you don't have good relationships, if you feel alone or are lonely, he says, loneliness kills, quote, it has as powerful, it's as powerful as smoking or alcoholism. So again, I came across this study a little while ago. I've been following it for a while uh, and, and just find it interesting. And again, as I've pondered about this uh, for the last few months, really you know, drives home the fact that almost every challenge or problem that people ask me to help them with <laughs> comes down to a relationship problem. And so that's, again, I told you I've been thinking about this for a while, and that's one of the reasons uh, why I've actually developed a whole executive leadership program uh, to help people be able to better understand how to manage the relationships with themselves, with their stakeholders, and with their staff. Now, why am I bringing that to you, again, from an internal audit perspective? Again, as I've, as I've told you over and over again, it is, it is not following the standards. It is not following best practices. It is not your technical skills that actually will make you effective. In fact, focusing too much on some of those areas can actually negatively impact your relationships and negatively impact your career. Now, I know when I say that, I get people who who again, they try to beat the drum of the IIA and say, oh, the, II, the IPPF is everything that we need to do. And of course, relationships are a part of that. But here's the problem, folks. Everybody who's following them still has challenges, right? And in fact, a lot of times, as I've seen and, and told you in, in some previous episodes about certain individuals, of course, anonymized, not to embarrass them or anything else, but a lot of times the people who focus on just that and do not do what they need to to develop relationships, they end up banging their head against the wall. They end up uh, finding themselves in very precarious situations in their career. And, and again, a lot of people say, well, no, if we just follow all these, everything will be okay. But I'll tell you, if you've got strong relationships, some of those other things, if you don't do very good, it's still okay, right? In fact, you can write a really shitty audit report, but if you have great relationships with the people in your organization, 
they're not going to care as much, okay, because you're still going to be communicating the results to them. Um, and so again, <coughs> relationships are the things that really matter to your long-term health, happiness in both your personal and in your professional life. Okay, that's enough soapbox for today, right? Uh, let's actually get in and talk a little bit about what some of these things actually look like. And as I told you, you know, I've developed a, an executive leadership program. That's uh, called the Chief Audit Executive Briefing or CAE Briefing that goes through each of these areas in more detail. In fact, for just 30 minutes a week, you can actually go through, watch a video, actually have some, some exercises that you can practice and things to focus on during that week as you're, as you're doing both your professional and your personal life. And in as little as 30 minutes a week, you can actually start developing and becoming a relationship ninja and actually watch the quality of your relationships improve every single week, okay? And even though this was developed uh, for chief audit executives, it's actually applicable to everybody. So even though the title says chief audit executive, if you're not, you can still get in the program anyway, okay, if you want to, uh, because it will help you as well. Whether or not you have you know, a goal of becoming a chief audit executive someday or not, whatever you do and wherever you are at in your career, improving relationships with those people that you work with, with your staff, with your stakeholders, and with yourself will improve the health uh, and quality of your professional and personal life, okay? And your happiness as well. So let's dig in and talk a little bit about these because again, this is based on uh, a leadership model that's actually called the ELP model. And uh, in that model, um, you know, I know this is coming to you auditor you know, over audio. So you're just gonna have to kind of close your eyes and, and picture along with me here. Um, but again, there's really those three major areas. So think of them like three uh, concentric circles or a Venn diagram. And everything that I'm going to talk about relates to one of those three areas, okay? And so let's just go through, like I said, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit more of the detail right now so you can get an idea of, of some of the, the areas that you should be working on, trying to think about. And again, you know, when you're ready to actually become that relationship ninja, get in the program because it helps kick your butt in gear, right? You know, it's, it's just like, um, <laughs> if, I've, if, I've, if I've actually uh, <clears throat> admitted this uh, over the air, but you know, I've gained some weight in the last uh, year or so, and I know what I'm supposed to do to lose weight, right? I know, but a lot of times it's hard to kick myself in the butt and do it when I'm trying to just do it by myself. And so actually, you know, getting in a program, having an exercise routine, uh, you know, belonging to a gym, hiring an exercise coach, doing different things like that actually kicks you in the butt and gets you to actually do the work that you have to do every single week. You know, before I've told you, you know, and I think when we were talking about um, professional development, I can't eat for you. I can't do your training for you. I can't do your push-ups for you either. You know, if I hire a coach, 
or a trainer. My trainer can't do my push-ups for me either. I'm the one that has to do the work. I have to do the work every day, every week in order to be able to actually see the benefits. So let's jump in and talk about some of these different areas. So when you think about managing yourself, um, there's really kind of four topics. And of, of course it goes deeper than this, but I don't have three hours to talk to you today on the podcast. So I'm gonna be brief and just touch on four of the areas uh, for each of these three. So we'll kind of go through 12 different topics for you to be thinking about. Now, the first one under self, I call mindset, okay? And again, that goes back to, I think I told you before a little bit about, you know, people that end up getting into victim mentality. Uh, they're blaming, they're making excuses, they're denying that certain things are happening. And there's a lot of stuff around mindset and making sure that we are in the right headspace for us to be able to you know, have, have a relationship not only with ourselves, but with our staff and with our stakeholders as well. If you don't start with mindset and really know uh, some of the hacks to go along with that, it's really hard to do any of the other stuff. Now, the second one, you know, that relates to self is habits. And I know that might seem a little strange for all of you, um, but again, 95% of what we do every single day is a, is a brain habit-based activity. Because what ends up happening is the subconscious part of our brain is actually having us or, or we're, we're following and doing those habits that we have developed, both the good habits and the bad habits, okay? And, you know, one of the quotes that I've, that I've heard one of my mentors say that I really like is he says, you know, you don't get what you want in life, you get your habits. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, if you're not getting those things in life that you want, most likely it's caused because of some habit that you have that's holding you back from getting what you want. So understanding how to develop habits, you know, um, how, to, how to reprogram some of your, your brain-based habits is important. Um, so that, be, because again, that is such a big driver in what you are actually doing every single day. And again, I don't have time to get into all the research, but trust me, just like everything else that I tell you, there's actually scientific research to back that up. Now, the third one under self relates to emotional intelligence. And that's a buzzword that a lot of people have been throwing out there. Um, but it's important for you to understand emotions, understand how emotions work, how thoughts lead to feelings that lead to actions, and how you can actually not only identify, but manage your relationships and identify and help to to manage or respond to other people's emotions as well. So again, that's the third thing under self. The last one relates to resilience. Now, resilience is a term that, you know, throughout life, we kind of have some ups and we have some downs. That's normal part of life. Sometimes we're very happy. Sometimes we go through some pretty challenging times. Now, what resilience is, is the ability to bounce back to your normal state quicker 
after some sort of a setback. And so again, you know, we don't go through life always feeling happy and everything's do 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 good all the time, right? Every so often you go through some pretty tough stuff. And when you go through that, you have to learn how to raise yourself out of that and get back to your normal state. And so that's why resiliency is so important because the quicker that you can get out of some of those down troughs, the, the more productive you'll be, the happier you will be as well. So those are the four areas under self. Again, it's mindset, habits, emotional intelligence, and resilience. So now let's move on to the stakeholder area, right? Because there's certain things that you need to do to be able to develop and have good relationships with your stakeholders. And then next we're gonna talk about staff. Now, especially since so many of you now are dealing in a virtual world, these relationships and, and actually being conscious about trying to develop and maintain these relationships is even more important because you are physically distanced from people. And so what that means is it's gonna take a little bit more work on your part in order to develop and maintain these relationships. And that's why if you don't understand how to do this and what you need to be doing each day or each week or each month, a lot of these relationships that you've developed and thought were okay before the pandemic in the virtual environment, those relationships are crumbling and going away. Because the problem with relationships <clears throat> is you have to constantly be nurturing them. And if you are not nurturing those relationships, they slowly die, okay? So under stakeholders, what are some of the things that you need to be you know, considering or thinking about from a relationship standpoint? Well, the first one is really to kind of think about your strategy. Uh, and, and again, this is talking kind of from a chief audit executive standpoint is, what's the strategy that you're going to have for your internal audit department? You know, what are you going to do? What are you not going to do? How do you want to be seen in the organization? Because understanding and having a clear picture of that strategy is going to help you as you are dealing with those people, either as peers across the organization or as you go up in the organization to the other executives, the audit committee, and the board. So the first one is strategy. The second one that you need to understand is rapport. Now, rapport is a funny sounding word, uh, but what it really means is, you know, again, that's one of the ways of developing a rapport with other people, how to actually do that. Uh, because there's some, there's some psychological tricks in how you do it as well. Uh, and and it, it, it's, it's a little complicated in how you kind of lead uh, and follow and lead and follow and some of the things that go along with that. Um, but again, it's important for you to understand how to develop and use rapport uh, with your stakeholders. Now, the next one is, is around relevance uh, when it comes to stakeholders. And, and again, here with the stakeholders, you know, one of the best ways that I've, that I've, I've seen where it, it really describes what relevance is, is thinking about what the other person wants to talk about and what you wanna talk about, 
where those two overlap is what's relevant for you to talk about, okay? So to kind of paint, paint a picture for this on you, you know, if, if let's say that you're at a, at a neighborhood barbecue or you're at a family gathering and, you know, Uncle Joe comes up and Uncle Joe loves, he has some hobby or some passion that you could care less about. You don't want to hear about it. If Uncle Joe comes up and if that's all that he wants to talk about, the conversation really isn't relevant for the two of you. And you're going to find a way pretty quick to get away from Uncle Joe. Okay. However, if you find some common ground, some area that both that is relevant to both of you, you're going to have a much better conversation and actually develop a better relationship. And so a lot of times, again, that's why through rapport building, you're trying to understand where some of the commonalities are so that you can move into that relevance and, 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 and be able to know how to talk uh, to that person and understand what it is that they need and what they want. Okay, so that's three out of four for stakeholders. The fourth one is influence. And you've heard me talk about this in a lot of different avenues, but I will tell you, my friends, understanding the principles of influence is one of the biggest uh, things that you can learn as an executive. Because, you know, and again, this comes from work done by, by Robert Cialdini uh, from Arizona State. He wrote a book many years ago called Influence, uh, where he went back and actually scientifically kind of looked at what are the six things that need to be in place for you to be able to influence other people. And if you don't know what those six are, if you don't know how to use those six, then you're probably significantly disadvantaged in your relationships. And that's probably one of the reasons why you're struggling and maybe can't get people to listen to you or, or can't get things like budget uh, because you haven't really established influence in your relationship with other people. So under stakeholders, the four areas, again, strategy, rapport, relevance, and influence. Okay, so let's move on now to our last section, which is around managing relationships with your staff. Now in this area, again, I can, I can tell you from my own personal experience of having managed people for a long time, um, you know, some of the, the most uh, fun and satisfying parts of my career have been uh, in, in managing and working and developing with my staff. Some of the most painful, difficult things that I've had to go through in my career have also related to staff, okay? So, you know, if it's going good, it's, it's often going really good. If it's not, sometimes it can be one of the most painful areas uh, for us to actually deal with. And, you know, especially in our profession, we don't get taught a lot about how to actually manage or lead people. Almost all of our training is about, you know, the technical stuff, how to follow the standards, how to be ethical, how to take a statistical sample, how to write a report. None of those things actually really help you in managing your staff or your stakeholders. Okay. Now under staff, some of the areas that you need to get that you need to understand that you got that you got to work on and that you really have to be proficient in. The first one is on culture. 
Now, culture in this area is very similar to what strategy was under the stakeholder area. You need to think about the type of culture that you want to have within your team. If you don't have that as a starting place, it's going to be difficult for you to know exactly what to do to develop, motivate, and manage people in your staff. Okay, so you first have to kind of start with that culture. The next area is on delegation. Now, again, a lot of us, because our, of our personalities and the reason that we're, we're often drawn to this field is we're, we're kind of control freaks, okay? Just to say it clearly, right? And we usually like to control, we like to be perfect, uh, you know, because we, we, we like perfection as well. Now, that is usually the enemy to a leader and to managers because you must be able to delegate and delegate effectively and efficiently or else you're doing all the work still. And so again, as I've said, you know, often I'll, I'll, I'll talk to, to people and they're, you know, oh, I'm so burned out, I'm so tired. Oh, you know, I've, I'm staying late, I'm working the weekends, I'm doing all these kind of things. And when we dig into it a little bit deeper, find out that they could probably delegate 20 hours of work that they're doing uh, themselves. So, you know, it, it, but it's a matter of understanding how to do it, uh, the best ways to do it, um, how, to, how to go along with that and, and kind of, uh, you know, help get some of the stuff off of your plate as well. So delegation important. The next one is around coaching and training. And, I, and these are kind of put together because they're similar, but they're not completely similar. But you know, how do you coach and develop and get the training for your people? Now, maybe one of the reasons why you haven't been delegating is because you don't feel like that person maybe is competent yet to take that over for you. Well, you're never going to delegate it unless you actually coach and train them how to do it. And so it's important to know how to do that. And, and there are some subtle nuances to coaching as well um, that, you know, in this area really kind of go through and, and, and talk to because it's to coach somebody is not just to tell them what to do. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot different and it actually takes some persuasion. It takes some understanding of psychology as well. Um, but to be a really effective leader, you, you have to understand how to coach people uh, as well and not just, not just dictate orders at them, okay? Uh, the last one in this area is motivation. And uh, again, you know, this is brought in because, you know, a lot of times uh, we might think, hey, you know, well, they, they, our people have a job. They should just be motivated anyway, right? You know, I don't need to motivate them. Uh, you know, if they, if they don't do their job, they're not going to get their paycheck. And I've literally heard lots of managers talk about that. But I'll tell you, that's, that's actually uh, a manager making an excuse and playing a victim, and it's a chicken shit excuse, okay? You need to understand how to motivate people. Uh, and here's the issue. Not everyone is motivated by the same thing. And so you actually have to understand more about the people on your staff, understand what actually motivates them, because the same thing will not motivate everyone. 
And that's why you can see in companies that have very good, uh, you know, performance um, HR functions, they use a, a combination of different types of motivation, different types of bonuses, different types of rewards, uh, because everybody <coughs> is motivated slightly different. Now, for me, I could care less if I am ever employee of the month, okay? I don't care to see my big smiling face on a plaque in, in the lunchroom. But to some people, being employee of the month is very, very important to them, okay? And so again, that's why motivation is one of those areas where you really need to be able to get in and understand because again, once you've delegated things, you've got to motivate, coach, train your people to be able to get the most performance out of them. Now, if you're actually a really good leader, you shouldn't be having to work very much. In fact, you know, some of the, <laughs> some of the best chief audit executives I know, uh, they kind of ask me sometimes, they're like, should I be doing something different? Because I don't really feel like I'm all that busy. You know, it's like everything's just working right. Well, it's because they're doing all of these things that we've been talking about. There shouldn't be a whole lot of work for them left to do, right? Because everybody else is doing it. Everything else is getting done. They're just worried about managing themselves, their stakeholders, and their staff relationships as it goes through. So, okay, I hope that has been helpful. And again, you know, as we kind of, you know, come back to the beginning again, you know, what did we learn from Harvard University studying, uh, you know, soft, these men as they've grown up uh, since 1938? You know, we learned that the key thing or, or, or the, the main driver of their health and their happiness and the ability for them to live a long and happy life gets back to their relationships. And so again, that's why at the beginning, I've told you, I, I've read the, I've seen this study for quite a while now. I've kind of watched the development of it and it keeps coming out with the same information. And as I've gone back, as I've looked at a lot of the people that I've coached over the years, uh, the challenges that people have, the root cause of almost every challenge that people have is, an, is a challenge with one of the relationships that they have either with themselves, with their stakeholders, or with their staff. And so again, you're gonna hear me talking a lot more about this. Um, like I said, that's why I put through this, put together this whole executive leadership program uh, for people to go through. So, you know, <laughs> if you're the kind of person that wants to become uh, a relationship ninja and actually be able to learn how to do all these things, how to incorporate these into your life, how to practice them so that they just become second nature. And, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that wants to improve the quality of your relationships, both professionally and personally, then this is really the information that you need. So what I'm going to do is I know, I, I think I told you before, and even though it's called the CAE briefing, because um, it's, it's designed for chief audit executives. But um, I realized, because actually one of, one of the people that I know responded on one of my posts and said, well, Jason, isn't this really uh, information that's relevant to all of us? 
And I thought, you know what? You're absolutely right. This is information that relates to everybody. And so I'm not limiting it to only chief audit executives. You know, if, if you're that kind of person that wants to become a relationship ninja, then get in the program. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as we talked about before, it's like me, I've gained a little bit of weight. Well, guess what, folks? I'm getting off the couch. I'm getting back into my, into my exercise routine. Uh, and you can do the same thing uh, when it comes to relationships. Because really, at the end of the day, it all comes down to relationships. So with that, my friends, I'm wrapping this week. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. Have a great rest of your week. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.